Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. So I'm going to, I'm going to tag a little bit on him. I think it was me, but I can't remember, but, um, no, it wasn't me. I just thought, Hey, that was good. Let's, 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 let's talk about getting our hopes up. And uh, I began to look at a lot of different stories in the Bible about on that one phrase. And, you know, we, we, we saw the woman with the issue, uh, as we just sung about it, uh, that it was, uh, you know, she got her hopes up. And so that got her out of the situation she was at. She ran out and touched him in Jesus' gar- garment. We had Jairus, you know, who was on his way to Jesus, was dealing with that when she came up. And then you know, he had his hopes up. And then everybody told him, don't get your hopes up. Uh, but he, he did anyway because Jesus went to his house and, and healed his daughter. You got the, the blind man. The blind man, everybody told him to hush and try to suppress him. But he cried out all the more to, so, you know, that Jesus would give him his sight, and which he did. And uh, j- just so many things in the Bible, everything in, in the Bible is about, is about hope. That's what faith is. Faith is a subject of things hoped for. Even though we don't see it, we can hope for it because we know if we believe God can do it, it's going to come to pass. Uh, so anyway, I got all kinds of stuff in the Bible, but I really love Acts chapter number three. It's one of my favorites um, uh, and probably most drawn, pulled from scriptures and all the Bible. So I'm going to talk about the lame man this morning and what he was hoping for. So let's just start, I'm going to start reading and see how far we get, and then we'll pick up some more um, as we um, see what, as we unpack this, what God has for us today on getting our hopes up. I mean, if the world needs anything today, they need to get their hopes up, because everything right now is going completely, completely bonkers, and so uh, we need something stable. The only stable thing in this world right now is Jesus, and we believe he's intensifying his power, so... Uh, the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, which is the ninth hour, or the ninth hour of prayer, several different hours of prayer. This is the ninth hour of prayer, which is actually 3 o'clock in the afternoon. This is a big deal. This is a big time uh, for everybody who went to church at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and a certain man, lame, everybody say lame, from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily, everybody say daily, at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. Everybody say beautiful. Oh, y'all doing great so far. How many knows there's, there's, there's physical lameness, obviously, but there's also spiritual lameness? Oh, my goodness. We gotta be, you know, we gotta be careful with spiritual. Uh, a lot of times we can't help the physical lameness, but we can help that spiritual lameness. So anyway, he was laid at this gate called Beautiful. He was laid there to ask alms for money from those who entered the temple. This man who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms. He asked for money from them. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter fixing his eyes on him along with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention. This, this, this lame man, he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. All right, let's stop. This is getting good. 
You know, this is a guy who's expecting something. He's not expecting what he's getting ready to get, but he's expecting something. It's one thing to get your hopes up if you at one time, like this man, have ever walked. But this man has never walked. So we are expecting him to get his hopes up for something that has never happened. So this guy is standing there or sitting there and what he don't realize is the same thing that happens to us. If all we've ever known is lameness, then it's hard for us to even expect wholeness. We find ourselves attracted to what we are exposed to. Whatever you are exposed to on a continuous basis, you'll find yourself constantly attracted to that. Another way I could put this is you're constantly attracted to what is normal. What is normal is what you're exposed to. And so even though you say, well, I don't want to be that way, if any time you've been lame all your life, broke all your life, quiet all your life, intimidated all your life, insecure all your life, angry all your life, sick all your life, broke all your life, disgusted all your life, you can just put water in there all your life, you're going to find yourself drawn to what is normal. If you're not careful, you won't ever find yourself being attracted to anything any different than what is normal. And we have to be careful how the world and what the enemy places on us and tell us what is normal. These things end up being normal. These things we don't want to be normal, but it's normal. This man woke up every single day not expecting to walk. Every single day he woke up not expecting to walk. It's a, new, it's a normal to him. It's not a new normal, it's a normal. The Bible says for 40 years this man woke up every single day. He's, never, he's, been, he's been lame since birth. This man woke up every single day not expecting to, to walk, not expecting anything else. Every single day when he got up, he went through the same routine and he called the same people probably, but people, somebody had to help him to this one spot. The Bible says every single day he went to this same spot. He went to this same spot. Sometimes you got to get to the point that you're sick and tired of going or ending up in the same spot. Come on church, let's have some fun today, okay? Let's get free. And so this guy got up every single day and he ended up in the same spot. He didn't appreciate any other morning any different than he did any other morning because Monday to him was the same day as Thursday to him. And a, and a Wednesday was the same thing as a Tuesday. I mean, Saturday is the same as a Friday because every day he woke up not expecting to walk and he always did expect end up in the same spot. We have to watch lameness because spiritual lameness will cause us to always end up in the same spot. You can change jobs, but you end up in the same spot. You can try to change your friends, but then somehow or another you end up in the same spot. You can change relationships. You can try to change your spouse, but you end up in the same spot. 
You can try to change churches and maybe even try to get rid of your pastor and get another pastor. But you'll end up in the exact same spot. You don't like it, but it's so normal to you that you end up in the exact same spot. Whenever you keep on ending up in the same spot, you don't have to prepare for anything anymore because you end up in the same spot. You don't have to challenge yourself anymore because you end up in the same spot. See, that's what spiritual lameness is. Spiritual lameness is, is whenever, be honest with you, you don't expect anything any different than you did last week at service. Matter of fact, you came to church today and you really didn't expect to leave here any different than the way you came. You're no different than this man who had a physical lameness who didn't really get up that day expecting to walk. And a lot of us come to church or we pray or we read our Bible or we enter into the presence of God not really expecting God to do anything for us. We expect to go to the same spot but end up leaving in the same condition from the same spot. This is all this stuff that's going on with this guy. And he, he's spiritually lame. Spiritually lame people that come to church. I'm talking about spiritually lame people now. Spiritually lame people that come to church, they love to piggyback on other people. You can always tell, and I'm sure Matt and Ronnie and the team can really tell during worship, the people who are piggybacking on somebody else's praise. I mean, you come, you, you don't expect anything, so you don't, you know, you don't, you don't charge yourself, you don't, you don't prepare yourself, you don't do anything when you come to service. And so if you really think you want something out of God or something, you'll pick it back. You'll get over here to Sister Yay Yay and you'll try to get close to her and see, maybe if I get close to her, I can pick it back on her praise and maybe I can get something from her. Or maybe pastor will say something today because I haven't read the Bible for myself because I can't get anything out of it. So I'll piggyback on something that pastor said today. And maybe what you're doing is, is you're not saying God has ever done anything for you. You're trying to piggyback on what God has done for somebody else. But people who are not spiritual lame come in here and say, I don't have to praise for what God's done for you. I've got enough praise in me for what God has done for me. Matter of fact, I appreciate the organ and the guitars and the singers, but I'll be honest with you. I got a hum. I got a praise. I got a dance. I got a shout. Just from this point on, if God don't ever do anything else for me, I don't need to piggyback on what God has done for you. Watch, watch piggybackers, man. <laughs> you like, did I dance that hard while ago? Did I, did I leave that hard while ago? No, somebody behind you might have caught up on your back talking about, I don't feel like jumping. I don't feel like dancing. I don't feel like leaping. But somebody beside you says, I can't help but jump. I can't help but dance. I can't help but leave because of what God has done for me. I came in here expecting to walk again. I came in here expecting to live again. I came in here expecting to be healed. All right. So he comes to this place, the exact same place, same condition, in the same spot. It's an ugly problem. But the Bible says it's at a beautiful spot. It's kind of like coming to church. This is a beautiful spot. 
It doesn't matter the decor. It doesn't matter the, the color of the seats. It doesn't matter what the LED board looks like behind me or the lights or the singers or the pastor. Be honest with you. Just to be able to come into the house of God. And just leave hell just for a little bit and come in here with nothing but God's people and, and singing about God and just believing with God and realizing that I'm not perfect and I sure ain't got this thing figured out, but I do have faith that God has saved me and I believe that God has delivered me and I believe that God will keep me and I believe that God will never leave me. He'll never, and you just get around folk with like minds. Come on, you understand what I'm talking about? And, but we don't come in here perfect. We don't come here clean we come in here with messed up situations we come in here with ugly problems but we sit in a beautiful place and no matter how ugly our problems is no matter how short our shortcomings were this week even though we tried even though we believe but we ask God help our unbelief we find ourselves with ugly problems but we're in a beautiful place and this man is, has ugly problems at a, at a beautiful place because this beautiful place is called the beautiful gate. Now, it's a wonderful gate. It's a, it, it, it is an awesome gate. It's a glorious gate, but they call it a beautiful gate. It's a beautiful gate because it is a beautiful gate. It's 60 feet wide. It's made out of gold and it's made out of brass. Some say either gold or brass, but depends on what book I read. So my beautiful gates will be made out of gold and brass. It's beautiful. And so it's at this beautiful gate every single day this man comes, not ever getting his hopes up. He just comes to the same spot and sits at the beautiful gate. Now it's one thing to be at the same spot every day and not expect anything different. But what makes it even a little harder to deal with is not only are you not leaving any different, but you watch people going into the access point. Because that's what a gate is. The word gate there means access. The access into the church. The access into the temple. So this guy's sitting here. See, access. He's so close to the gate. He can, he's close to it. Have you, let me back up a little bit. Have you ever been so close to something but never could get to it? I mean, if you've been saved long enough, you've been praying long enough, sometimes you feel like that you're real close to your blessing. You're real close to your freedom. You're real close to deliverance. You're real close to seeing your marriage acting straight. You're real close to seeing that child start getting out of that rebellious spirit. You're real close to it, but you just can't enter into it. I mean, you almost about to really praise God and the chains are going to come off. And you're there. You at the threshold. I mean, as a pastor, sometimes I feel like I can get our church to the gate. But can I get us through the gate? And that's aggravating enough. But this rascal's got to sit there every single day and not ever enter into the gate. He's at the same spot. For 40 years, which means for 40 years, he got to the point, but he never could enter into the point. He got to the access, but he never could access the access. And that's about enough, but he had to sit there every single day and watch everybody else do it. Walk right by him and access the gate. 
See, it's bad enough for you not to get the new job, but you got to watch your best friend get the new job. I'm preaching now, and now, now I got your attention. You know, you're trying to find that fella. You're trying to, you, you're looking at Boaz in the Bible. All you get is a bozo, and you're trying to figure out now what the, what's wrong with you, and she gets, she gets her a good one. She got a David and all this kind of stuff, and you're trying to figure out, you're a Boaz turning to bozo, trying to figure out what's wrong with you. It's bad enough that you ain't getting it, but you got to watch everybody else go inside and get theirs. Am I helping anybody this morning? Huh? I mean, you did, you're not getting healed, but there, your child's not out like they got any sense at all. But oh, she comes to work shouting and praying. You don't even want to get on Facebook anymore because all you got to hear is about how great their life is, how good it is. I mean, it's bad enough for you not to get yours, but you got to sit at the same spot and not get yours. Same place. So then you start hardening up, you start getting callous. Spiritual lameness gets calluses on us. So then we start blaming everything. Well, mama never left daddy. And if daddy didn't like an idiot and did what he did, caused mama to live, then I wouldn't be like this. Or, or if I would have got that job, if I'd have married him instead of the guy I'm with now, I mean, you understand, come on, we got all kind of crazy stuff, you know. If I'd have got that job back then, maybe if I went to that other church back then, well, whatever it is, we try to figure out what we would have, could have, should have done, everything, okay. But then the worst one is this, and then we realize, you know what, maybe I just not, maybe it's just not meant for me to have anything. Maybe it's just, it's just a way of, maybe I'm just meant to stand or sit right here at this gate see we got to watch that because the devil will make you just go ahead and just and just own up just begin to just 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 lay down and say this right here is what i'm supposed to be i'll 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 never be you know what just happened to you you become spiritual lame you can't you just piggyback it on somebody else if somebody else can throw you some and next thing you know you come to church with just a little bit of cup just hoping that maybe somebody i put something inside your cup that's all you're looking for but the Bible said that this day is different. Amen. Everybody say this day. See, this is a day that the Lord hath made. So sometimes we're going to rejoice and be glad in it anyway. And so the Bible says that this day, we got, got, we got far enough in the scripture. That the Bible says here that, that once this guy was there, that two guys came up to him, Peter and John. Because Peter and John now are coming to church. Now, Peter and John is different than all the other people that went to church. Now, this is at the gate of the church. And everybody else that went by and he's sitting there with his cup, they walked by and they dropped a little bit of money in, their, in his cup. So Peter and John now is walking by because the guy ahead of them put a little money in his cup. Peter and John comes up to him and Peter and John says, I don't have any of that. I got something different. I see you got some silver and gold in there, but what I have is not silver and gold. But what I do have, if you want it, I'll give it to you. I mean, you know, everybody's got at least one friend like that back before you got saved. You know, I can't help you, girl, but I'll pray for you. Pray for I don't need you to pray for me. I need you to help me. Come on, you ain't always been saved. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody's been in that spot. I don't need to pray for me. You need some money. I need a 20. <laughs> That's what I need. I need gas in the car. I'm about pray. But see, there's a difference between Peter and John. See, everybody else walks through there. They're religious. Religious people walks by the guy every single day and walks through the gate. 
And whenever they come back, either coming and going, they see him sitting there. And here's what religion do. Religion do, they'll put just enough in your cup just to keep you there. Because, see, they need you being spiritually lame or spiritually impotent because it props them up. It makes them look good. So you can't seek God for yourself. So you need somebody living below you so it makes you look better than what you are. You can't hang up with really a lot of super spiritual people because that'll show that you're not no ways as spiritual. You don't know, you're not living by the word. And so you can find that one spiritual lame man and say, I appreciate you here. Here's enough to keep you coming back. Because spiritual lameness, see this guy's spiritual lame, he's not looking anything to move him from that spot. He's looking something so he can get back to that spot another day. Now here comes Peter and Jane. John, what's the difference between Peter and John? They're not religious. They have a relationship. Now, there's a different, I told you the two types of people here. There's people in here that are spiritual. There's some people in here that are spiritual lame. That's why some of you leave here with a sore back. And some of you leave here talking about, well, I'm glad I got enough just to make it through another. Maybe I can make it to Tuesday right now. I got just enough praise from her. I think I can make it to Tuesday. But there's also two types of people in here. There's a religious people who want just enough to make it through the day. And then there's the relationship people. See, James and John had a relationship with Jesus. How do you know? Well, let me just give you a quick little, little, little background. Jesus had a, he loved everybody. I mean, he fed the 5,000, was about 12,000 people there because he didn't want them to go. He liked hanging out with them. But so, so he had the multitudes. But he also had the 70. The Bible said out of the multitude, he had 70. And he sent the 70 out. And they did power. And then after the 70, he also had another inner group. That inner group was called the twelve. The 12 disciples. So they got a little bit closer to him. But then he had another inner group inside the 70, inside the 12, which was called the big three. Peter, James, and John. How do you know that they were in his inner circles? Because you can check your Bible. Any, every, and every major event that Jesus ever accomplished, he always makes sure that he had Peter, James, and John. Want to know Why? Because obviously Peter and James and John always wanted to go with him. He never had to ask. If anybody was in the car waiting for Jesus, it was always Peter, James, and John. Matthew, you coming? I don't know, man. Timothy, you all right? I'm going to stay at the house. Okay, but get in the car. I know Peter, James, and John are sitting out the car waiting. Come on, that's people with a relationship. If you're leaving, I'm going with you. If you're staying here, I'm staying here. If you're going to do this, I'm going to do this with you. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Relationship people. So you got some people who was going to church that day who was religious, not expecting anything any different from God. And then you got the relationship people. And you got a relationship. And remember, he got a relationship because every major miracle that Jesus ever performed, Peter, James, and John was there. So relationship people are not afraid of a miracle. Relationship people never believe that Jesus is going to leave your presence you the same way you were whenever he got there. So the, Peter and John, they got two of the big three, comes up and they want, and here's, here's our, here's our, 
here's our spiritual lame man. He's physical lame and he's spiritual lame. And he's sitting there and what he's asking for, he's asking for because he don't quite have enough to make it through another day. He needs, he needs enough today to make it through today and tonight and to get him back here the next morning. And religion will get you just enough to make it through the day and maybe through the night and get you back needing them the next morning. So then Peter and John comes up. Oh, I love this. And the Bible says they came up in verse 6. Peter says, silver and gold. I don't have. But what I do have, I give it to you. Now something's getting ready to happen. He says, in the name of of Jesus. He says, in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you to rise up and walk. Now, wait a minute. He said, in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is the mediator for us and gives us legal authority to transact spiritual business with God. Just by being able to use his name gives you legal authority to transact spiritual business. Have you ever been in a place that you need to transact spiritual business? Come on, I'm talking to somebody. I don't, you don't need a quiet little song. You don't need just enough to get you through the day. You're sick and tired of being in the same spot, leaving the same way you came every single day, and you need to transact some spiritual business with God. Jesus says, I'm the way. Not Muhammad, not Buddha. Not a Hindu cow, not some philosopher some way. Jesus says, I am the only way to the Father. So Jesus is the great man. He's the mediator. He's the only way. He's the mediator. And so he's the one. He gives us the authority to be able to transact business with God. So he's mediating. He listens to God. He listens to us. He listens to us. He listens to God. So when we ask something in his name, in his authority, so that through him we can transact spiritual business with the man, what we ask has to line up with his will. We can't just ask some crazy stuff. If it's not his will... It's not going to happen. But the Bible says if we pray anything in his will, he hears us. What's his will? It's right here in this book. I ain't got time to teach now, but you got to understand. If you know the word, you know his will and his will. He'll even show you the way. Anyway, so he's sitting here. So here's the whole thing. (laughs) This is probably my favorite part. So he, he wants just what he got. From everybody else, which is enough to make it another day. Peter and John says, I can't give you just enough for just one more day. Because that's not the Father's will. My Father's will is not to bless you just enough to leave you the way you are. My Father's will is is to get you up off that mat and those old legs that can't walk. My Father's will is to see you walking and running and jumping and leaping. 
if you want to be changed for the rest of your life. We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.